Hello. Hello. This is Joya Italiano. And this is Jeff Ekman. And welcome to No But That's a Thing. A podcast where we talk about the science ideas that are contained in sci-fi movies. Yeah, neither of us are experts in any of these things, but we care about them and uh, we feel like we can make it interesting for you. So we Googled some stuff after watching a movie and here we go. Here we go. Gattaca. (laughs) Gattaca, here we are. We're going to talk about the movie Gattaca. Yeah, it's true. Not cat tag. Not a cat tag. Yeah. Which is another possible name for this movie. Anyway, do you want to give us a rundown? (laughs) It takes place in the near distant future. It's written and directed by Andrew Nichol, who wrote The Truman Show, as well as some other pretty good sci-fi movies. And this was his directorial debut. It takes place in the near distant future where genetic engineering is so exact that we can choose what our children are like, and that has fucked with society (laughs) right okay so as it first started one of the one of the the quotes that came up was was from ecclesiastes and said consider god's handiwork who can straighten what he hath made crooked Mm. like oh dna science i guess we're a little i guess humanity is a little crooked and then can we fix it can we well it it is kind of hard because if you can make dna that doesn't that isn't susceptible to certain diseases, why would we not want to do that? Oh my goodness gracious, and you just got, you nailed the entire question, because all of the shit that I was looking at, which is, you know, specifically about DNA and being able to cut them at will with this CRISPR system this that I'll t- tell you about later. Yeah, ultimately, it all boils down to the ethical question of if you had the option, would you or would you not? I feel, though, that when you posture it in that way of like, if you could make sure that nobody's born with cerebral palsy, right. you would, would you do it or would you be a monster? You know, and it's right. like, obviously nobody, the issue that people are having is not about making sure people don't suffer from Alzheimer's. If evolution is constantly naturally selecting these different things, mm-hmm. including mutations that right. happen in the genes, if we stop those random mutations and have full control over the type of human that we want to be, maybe we could make them way better, but maybe we would miss out on the random mutation that totally. we wouldn't have chosen. We're like, for <clears throat> Darwin's theory of evolution to work, it's the idea of variation. And part mm-hmm. of that comes it, it is recessive genes, recessive traits, disabili- right. uh, disabilities, diseases, ailments, anything. So there's a new company called Aspire, which is working on predicting death rates. Okay. And they are basically trying to make it so that they will predict that somebody is going to die within a year and then offer to insurance companies that they'll take care of those people instead. Basically. And they claim that they're filling a huge gap between hospitals and hospice. So it says to identify target patients, Aspire's algorithm sorts through medical claims looking for diagnoses such as congestive heart failure or late stage cancer or a pattern of frequent hospitalizations. And then they like go and try to pitch this other form of care to the patient, basically trying to be like, hey, so you're going to die soon. We can alleviate the medical costs and lower the number of times that you would have to like go on hospital visits. What? Yeah. Okay. Okay, but uh, okay. Oh, holy guacamole. Holy guacamole. Aspire representatives don't mention life expectancy or even use the term palliative care when they invite patients to enroll. 
the CEO said, we help patients understand that they are sick and getting sicker, and we describe what we do rather than put a label on it. All right, so let's boil this down. Are we, I mean, first of all, are we surprised that something like this is happening? No. No, no. I, I guess what my first thing went, uh, I jumped to is this is based on records. This is based on them being able to essentially snoop through, like, databases of people's shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as terrifying as all of that is, I, I feel like that more or less has been happening in some capacity for quite some time. Yeah. Even if, if you boil it down to, you know, you buy something at fucking CVS one time and then like coupons uh-huh. and you know, they're keeping track of what you have this and then they're sending you that. So right. they know, I mean, we kind of talked about this with the minority report episode of, you know, people getting into Targeted your brain. Targeted advertising and shit. Yeah. When you enter into the medical field, uh-huh. when you enter into life and death and, you know, livelihood and everything, it's, or not livelihood, but I mean, literally, being being alive Life, i guess livelihood, <laughs> livelihood not li- yeah livelihood that's that's what i mean it's one thing to be able to look at people's medical history and like in their family they've had parkinsons or whatever mm-hmm. it's quite another to do essentially what they do in gattaca or what it's possible for us to do even with fucking in vitro like this shit has been happening if you can yeah. analyze the cells or analyze the embryos and you put the healthy ones in and you get rid of the the shitty ones yeah so uh, when you think about that on a grander scale too of being able to be like okay what kind of kid do you want to have and okay oh it looks like your kid's going to be born with down syndrome what do you what do you think about that yeah Are you what gonna- do you- the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act, which was passed in 2008, mm-hmm. it, like, they claim that it's already way behind the times and underpowered. Okay. You know, it was passed in 08. But its protections are limited to just two instances, which are employment and health insurance. Mm-hmm. So basically, for health insurance, you cannot be denied coverage because of a DNA test. But life insurance can deny you coverage because of a DNA test. And people are getting denied coverage because they have a gene. Like they went to 23andMe or something just for fun. And then the life insurance company has those records, gets them and says, oh, you have a gene that gives you a higher breast cancer rate. And so we're not going to give you the life insurance. Oh, and that's Again, like actually I'm happening right now. Surprise. I mean, it just sucks because I keep being like, oh, that really breaks my heart. Oh, wait, no, this is not. You know not what I mean? surprising like, at all. Yeah, this is the, the way we work. Yeah, like in the middle of my outrage, I like interrupted myself by being like, oh, oh yeah, remember pre existing conditions and right. how people were dying because they weren't get, given medical care or medical we got insurance? Rid of that. We got rid of that. And yet here For we are. For right now. For the time being. I don't know. This might get released after the inauguration, so. Yeah, you never will. know where things are. It will be, I'm headed. sure. Okay, so we're kind of. Did you, did you have anything else to say about this particular chunk? Just what the fuck? Yeah, you know. I think the entire second half of this conversation is going to be a big old what the fuck. I stumbled upon this article from the Genetic Literacy Project, but when you you when it's written www dot, it really looks just like genetic. Literacy, which is like one of yes. those new things. So when I first saw it, I was like, "Fuck!" I, I this is the first I'm hearing. Okay, of well, it. let me teach you what it is. It's getting clitorate about the clitoris. <sighs> like Fuck a lot off. of people don't, they they got an Christ. F in clitoracy, and so they need to be told how to. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I started <laughs> deflating as I was talking yeah, about it. Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Okay, 
Anyway, so I read this article on the Genetic Literacy Project, and she was basically saying, um, she was commenting, this author, her name is Ava Glassred, she was commenting on a an article that Nature magazine had printed talking about, should you edit your children's genes if you had the opportunity? So it was in reading about mm-hmm. this that I was first exposed to something known as CRISPR. I assume so, that it's C-R-A-S-P-R. R, There's yeah. no E-R. No, correct. And it and it stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. Or repeats, however you want to say that. Sure. So back in 1987, there was a paper that was the first reference of this, this kind of thing. They were studying E. coli, and they noticed that there were five identical DNA sequences that were in- interrupted by short sequences, like basically blurbs, like mm-hmm. beep, boop, beep. Okay. Like, okay. <laughs> we're gonna if we're gonna turn it into just weird sounds that Joya makes. Here we are. So from there, that could be an alternate version of this podcast. <laughs> weird sounds Joya makes. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Okay. So. Gross. Um, yeah, that's right. Wait, we're gonna put the beeps you. of the boops aside. You All guys right. get it. Maybe I don't know. Who cares? Let's I'm say let's say a virus asshole walks into town. A bacteria town. Yes. Wipes out everybody. Uh-huh. Well, guess what? Since then, once, you know, the bacteria village or, you know, old Saloni town uh, yeah. comes back, then they're like, we never want that to happen again. So we're going to put this motherfucker's face all over town. And if you see him, we're going to okay. send so in our biggest So there's wanted posters for this yeah. dickhole. So it's essentially a, a defense mechanism that the bacteria has to, when the virus comes back to town, be like, no, buddy, we're not giving you any of our coinage. It's like, we know. already know <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. a thief. Yeah, exactly. And the bacteria, because they have this mugshot of sorts, they're able to release this like super troop of, of enzymes and take out the virus. Uh-huh. It's a very uh, Terminator, have you seen this boy moment. Like, let's uh-huh. be clear. Um, <laughs> well, I realized I was like, we're getting way so metaphoric. Well, beeps okay. and boops. and <laughs> There's beeps and boops. There's an old yeah. saloon town. So what scientists discovered is, is like if DNA sequences, even within these organisms, are able to cut whenever they want to, because that's what they do. Those the, the enzyme assassins go and they just like decapitate the virus DNA. People realize like, oh, you can cut these when you want to. Maybe we can program this to cut the things that we don't want. So maybe uh-huh. you want to cut a virus or maybe you want to cut, I don't know, a gene that for fucking Parkinson's disease, a yeah. gene that is Alzheimer's disease. I, you know, then if you get, if you're trying to get super aesthetic and superficial about it, then it'd be like, or the short gene or, you know, get rid uh, of those shitty genes that make you have astigmatism and wear glasses. And well, <laughs> yeah, there's the fat insulin cell receptor gene, which puts on fat so that we can live through times of starvation however we could turn that gene off so that we can eat whatever we want and then not get fat okay i just feel like okay then if we're we're moving into other cool things that it could be used for like if you know the genome of like a long lost creature like ancestors of birds or whatever you Mm -hmm. can basically like make those old creatures and you can bring them back and or yeah. you can oh are, well they're trying to clone like a woolly mammoth right yeah but it's not even necessarily like clones it's like this is what it sounds like to me is if like you look at the certain gene makeup of like ancient birds and then in new chickens for example you can like go through and be like oh we'll do this and oh, kind of, based like, on this thing we'll do this we'll final go, like, cut off the top, the, like <laughs> cut it up and and then you know, the if you want if you want that so uh, at least on the radio lab podcast that I listened to that was explaining CRISPR they acknowledge that like not you know 
know, since Francis Bacon was around, people have been saying science is both about learning how the world works and learning how to control it. We don't know yeah. what makes people, like, what gene makes you ugly. That's not something that you can manifest. We right. don't even know, like, short versus law or tall or whatever. And not to mention the fact that just because you're tall doesn't mean that you're going to be, like, a great athlete. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, at some point in doing research for this, I came across a quote. Somebody was basically like, the Nazis gave eugenics a real bad name. Yep, they, they sure like, did. But, like, I just thought it was interesting that there was somebody who was like, yeah, I mean, they really kind of PR fucked us. So there's this company called Synthetic Genomics, okay. which is run by this guy, J. Craig Venter. He was at the center of the driving force to map the human genome in the 90s. Cool. And in 2010, he created the first manufactured living cell or synthetic organism. It was $40 million. They created a single-celled organism that can reproduce, which opens the way for the manipulation of life on a previously unattainable scale, was the quote. Scientists have altered DNA piecemeal for a long time, but this is an entire organism. And they started with a species of bacteria called Mycoplasma capricolum. And by replacing its genome with the one that they wrote themselves, it turned the cell into a variant of a thing called Mycoplasma mycoides. The thing is, like, it, so it was fully manufactured DNA where they wrote the DNA sequence and then made a living cell use that DNA sequence. They also put their signatures into the DNA mm -hmm. and some James Joyce quotes. And part of the reason to put their names in the DNA is... That's how they're going to claim ownership of certain DNAs that they're that are created right. by companies. Totally. Is uh, by coding signatures into the DNA itself. So uh, I thought that was interesting. Why? Well, say say why. Well, just that like the one of the number one things that's being done in as we create these things is figuring out how to patent them. How to patent them? How to monetize them? How to make it? work in our little capitalist system that's sort right. of, that's what jumped out to me that's what jumps out to me about all of the the genome that we're basically gmoing ourselves i think yeah because and they they talk about this even on the radio lab episode where it's sort of like if you're about to have a kid and they're like and for an additional one thousand dollars we can do away with the alzheimer's right. gene you know right. and, and so of course it's a class issue like that's yeah. an issue of access mm -hmm. another yet another thing to divide us well so that company has kind of its hands in a lot of different pots because if they can create new bacteria that they've written the dna of that's obviously going to apply to a bunch of different fields right they have partnered with exxon Mobil to produce biofuels on an industrial scale using recombinant algae and other microorganisms. Oh. There's an algae that they can create that basically pulls ca carbon dioxide out of the air and then makes green fuels. Okay. So, yeah, they're partnering with ExxonMobil, but it's to create a green biofuel that would pull carbon dioxide out of the air. And that's good, though. Right. That's... Awesome. Why are right. we... We're not upset about this. Right. It's cool. like well, Exxon You, you said it like someone something. shit in your lunch. I was well, like, what? Now, another company that they've partnered with uh -huh. is Monsanto. Right. To map the microbiome metagenome related to plant health and crop yield. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be a terrible outcome. We're always going to be dealing with the bullshit, like, trying... Mine, 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 mine. Mm -hmm. But 
honestly, I would continue with that status quo if their motivation is then saving the planet. Right, right. <laughs> That's it what I'm saying. Like, sucks. once in a while, these things line up and you can be like, all right, ExxonMobil. Like, yeah. at least you're not only trying to stop these yeah. things from happening to keep... And- fossil fuels you're not doing this yeah precisely you're not doing this because you give a fuck about the environment otherwise you would not be doing what you've been doing for the past however many years they're doing it because they see that there is a future with money to be made and yeah which like that's if that's what's good but if that's gonna drive you (laughs) that drives you you know like exactly i'm cool Um, with that i i I feel like a balanced and level head is the only one that you can have Mm -hmm. in this capacity if we're talking about like oh, how do we feel about the world changing? It's like, well, it's changing whether you like it or not. Right. It kind of leads into something I was going to add. May oh, I please. do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. So if we're talking about fixing someone's genetic missteps or mishaps or whatever. You mean God's missteps? You mean the crooked yeah. painting that <laughs> is humanity? evil, evil God <laughs> Far be it for me to say what is right or wrong because also I luckily... I might have shitty eyes, but I don't have some kind of neurodegenerative disease that is limiting me from living a a full life. So it's hard Mm -hmm. for me to be like, no, you should really just deal with the cards that you dealt. Right. When you're the worst thing that you're dealing with is like, well, I got to have glasses. I'm like, my glasses are big and it's a real trope that we've been struck. Mind you, let's, we must acknowledge. Oh my God. Yeah. We completely spaced on acknowledging that like, we haven't really talked about the movie that much. It's... (laughs) One of the biggest tropes that we have found is apparently glasses and people with bad eyes yeah. are just always going to die alone. Well, because well, Ethan Hawke is playing a man who, like, what a horrible, yeah. like, genetics this just man has. This and man just... This, like, chiseled jaw. Like, when is... Ethan Hawke is, like, the dog of, right. the, of the future, like... Which they had to get Jude Law in... Ne- to stand next to him to exactly. make Ethan Hawke look like, <laughs> look like slightly like unattractive. not that good. But one of the elements that's like revealed in the movie is that nobody sees a person as what they are. They see them for their DNA. Mm-hmm. So he's like passing as this other guy in circumstances where like people have seen him before. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing though is just that like whenever he's got his glasses on, mm-hmm. he's genetically imperfect. There's like a full on like not another teen movie scene uh-huh. where he like comes out of a makeover when they like take the glasses <laughs> off and that's all that's changed. I know. I think didn't Jude Law just have something like uh, only I look better or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, it was so laughable and in your face that that is just we're like let's all acknowledge that Anybody wearing glasses is a complete yeah. piece of shit. Well, they also anyway. they keep calling uh, the people who are of lesser genes degenerates. Oh God, you're such a degenerate <laughs> loser. <laughs> okay, cool. So uh, I was reading this Nature article. There was a back and forth in between ethicists dealing with the idea of like ge- genetic modification. And one woman, uh, Rosemary Garland Thompson, she's a literature scholar and co-director of the Disability Studies Initiative at Emory University in Atlanta. She was acknowledging that legislation, for example, like the 1990 Americans with Disabilities Act in the United States, it's helped to integrate people with disabilities into you know normal society. Mm-hmm. So she, like on a bigger picture, if we kind of undo this, you know, what does that mean in terms of how we look at each other? Like she, she says that these kinds of interactions significantly change our attitudes about what kinds of people matter in the world. And not even to just the legislative mandate aspect of it, but 
you know, making space for each other, having right. handicap accessible things. Like um, putting a ramp in means you're thinking about yeah. someone beside your fucking self mm-hmm. and, and closed captioning, for example, it was started for deaf individuals, but look how we use it all the time oh, yeah. in noisy bars and airports yeah. and yeah. you know, all of this kind of stuff. So they're, they're saying basically that the things that we do to accommodate those that are different than us oftentimes actually help us. Not yeah. only because we realize like, Oh, we see the value in that too, but it lends itself to a far more diverse populace. Yeah. Well there's Apple gets a lot of credit for having a lot of good accessibility options yeah. as they're known. And like, cause you can use an iPhone if you're blind. Totally. You yeah. can literally like, there's a way to navigate the iPhone where they, and they spent a lot of time doing that. Actually, this is an example where I, I've been accused of being an Apple fanboy. So I'll put accused, that out there. Accused? You've been tried and I've, sentenced. You're right. I have been convicted. <laughs> you I are serving going hard to jail. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Got the death penalty on Apple fanboy. But there is one uh, moment that I feel like I could stand by and be like, all right. That's a good moment in corporate culture uh-huh. where there was like an investors conference and somebody stood up and asked the CEO, Tim Cook, what's the return on investment on these handicap features that mm-hmm. you guys put so much effort into? And he's like, if you want me to do things only for return on investment reasons, get out of the stock. I'm glad that that was the answer because I was going to be like, God, we got to stop looking at people exactly. as markets. And he was lit. His reaction was he got mad and he like doesn't get mad yeah he's like the coolest cucumber in the room and like yeah he just got so mad at the guy and was like sell the fucking stock yeah if you want me to do things only for reasons like that 100 percent, and that's what we need we need more of that kind of mentality because it should be about more than like oh yeah i guess deaf people buy things too blind people buy things too. and there's a ton of stuff in the accessibilities that like regular people use all the time that are hidden in there because they're kind of like technically for people who have disabilities Mm -hmm. but everyday people are like you know what i don't want my phone zooming around and so i can turn off this and change that setting (laughs) i don't want my phone zooming around somehow i can be a little bit more distant from the idea of gmos or like you know when it comes to crops and plants and that kind of stuff when you are talking about gmoing ourselves Mm -hmm. And what that means, both on an economic level, because you can't take politics out of this. Another point is, like, should women be held responsible for, like, the genetic fitness of their kid just based on what we seem to value? We already deal with this kind of stuff. I mean, my God, I could go on all day about the fucking body modification that we do. Mm. But to think that you're... Ugh. Ugh. Like, I'm just... Like, I'm as I'm talking, I get this image of people being like, blue eyes, brown, blonde right. hair, blue. Well, we go, I mean, but again, we kind of do this shit all the time. You probably, people doing in vitro, they get the option to decide what gender it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, this, is it any worse? Is it any better? Is it any better than any kind of infanticide? You know what I mean? It's like, we're doing this. Yeah, like, the, the difference between mapping the human genome, which was done in the late 90s, uh-huh. and being able to, like, manipulate it and understand what each of those yeah. things actually mean or do. Totally. Totally different thing. I mean, it took until 1987 for them to realize that even bacteria have defense ne- mechanisms against viruses. Wow, that's, I didn't know that. Uh, that's what I was, that's what started well, this whole thing. I didn't know that that was when they, Oh, like, 87 is when they, or, like, when they that's first noticed in the, DN- they were like, what are these little boops in the middle of all these bleeps? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was with the boops and the beeps. <laughs> I'm in I'm in silver lining mode. 
mm-hmm. with a lot of shit this these yeah. these days. Like, yeah. let's be real. We are about to ring in the new year, guys. Like, there is a lot happening right now. Yeah, we're we recording s- this on December 28th. Yeah, I like to give I like to give people context of just where we're at. We're mm-hmm. about we're about to wipe the slate clean and then fuck it all up again with putting Donald Trump in, in office. Yeah. I'm trying to look at things bigger picture. If it gets to the point where it's that cheap and accessible and precise for people to cut up jeans and do whatever they want to to achieve that kind of aesthetic stuff, mm-hmm. that shit's going to wear out. Being pr- another pretty face already is kind of who cares because right. there's bajillions others that can pay well, for it. And That whole like, thing kind of got me thinking about this idea of like, if you can control what the color of your skin is, would you be able to choose that for your kids? And what what would that do to society eventually, racism-wise? Like, would we all pick... We could just pick our own colors and it becomes like a weird like choice, like your iPhone case or... Well- where Ugh. you know what I mean? Like, well, I, we're we're going the like nth degree down the line of like what this could really mean on a like right. a commodity level. Right. But I certainly think even as insofar as parents deciding for their kids whether or not they're going to get a a disease or right. get anything. Right. Is that it, it? Like, what what is the right of the child there? Right. The, the parent is doing it for their own sake, but who knows? And then where do you draw that line? Like, if the parent thinks that they should be tall because that's what society tells them to be, it's like we're just instilling even further like weird shit. Because then then there's gonna be the you know the handful of people that were born normally, which is what Ethan Hawke was, right? Right. right. And he was a total freakazoid, and everybody <laughs> he was which, a total Which peon. is so weird because they have that sequence where they go to see like a piano concert. And the pianist has six fingers. Right. And so it was clearly decided for him that he had to be a piano concerto right. guy. Oh, sure, because that's what he's before made for he was born. Career so assignment. whether he was like born and then was like, oh, I would rather be a fireman. You know, it like right. he didn't get a choice. He had to be a piano guy. I guess we're that's just kind of coming full circle. It's like mm. I was born a farmer and we're going to be a farmer. And right. like it's a somewhat new phenomenon for people to like choose their destiny. I learned this mm. even when talking to to gosh, what class was I in? This I mean this is going to be one of those moments of like back in college, but I was in like a a world uh like a theater of the world class and I remember even my teacher was from India and she was acknowledging like Clearly, things have changed a lot these days, but she's like, yeah, it's a kind of a Western concept that you just are like, I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants and yeah. I choose my own destiny. What like a lot I of stuff, it was feel? like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and we can see that. It's like people, like families used to work together because they took care of each other. Like right. society is fucking changing. Yeah. I think already you have people that are genetically more inclined to doing, like, if you're a giant kid, Parents are probably gonna be like, "We're gonna put you in basketball." Well, Hopefully, that's the you thing, like it. Like Michael Phelps, you're not gonna monster. put like a random kid no. and in like in the pool and be like, "No, you gotta keep swimming." Totally. Like, or like me, I wanted to be on the I wanted to be on the crew team freshman year at Sarah Lawrence, <laughs> and I was like, "Ooh, this is great! Ooh, just getting a great workout." And they're like, "Hey, Joya, I think you would make a great coxswain." And I'm like. Why? Because I'm 5'2"? And because yeah. I, I'm not... Because clearly you have to be a monster to be a fucking rower, yeah. too. But I was like, I'm just, not going to get up at 5.45 to go sit in a boat and be like, row! Row! <laughs> you wanted row. the workout. I wanted the workout, yeah, you, were- you motherfucker! God! You know what I want to do? Get up and go sit in the cold and not do anything Were fun. they, like, serious about crew there? 
was Sarah Lawrence serious about any sport? I no. No, I couldn't imagine were, that they were. But they were trying to be. Maybe yeah. they wanted the team to, and then they had little joy <laughs> little of joy Italiano. Like, I'm going to try rowing. <laughs> yeah. No, it was actually a friend of mine at the time <laughs> was the one that was like, she convinced me to, to get on the team. And I was like, okay. And then she ended up fucking quitting before I did because I ended up liking it. Oh, anyway, that is super tangential. There's so many different things that we already do to our bodies to enhance our, whether you, it's the computer enhancing our brain or a bicycle enhancing our legs. You know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about <laughs> juice and, and, and fake tits and like all the stupid shit that we do. And uh, like being able to understand all of it. Mm -hmm. That's sort of what I'm getting at though too is like. That's our way of making up for what God did not give us, right? I'm using God okay. in the most facetious way possible. Right. But now when like we're totally in control of it, I think our values are completely going to change because yeah. it is no longer going to fucking matter if you have giant tits or not because everybody's going to have giant tits. Right. Everybody. As we change humanity. Yeah. Uh, Every, but, it, but it's like, what do we? What is the great equalizer? What is something we could all agree on? Yeah, boobs. Big <laughs> boobs. Just kidding. <laughs> for uh, everyone, a boob for all the boys and girls. I think there was um, like an episode of Doctor Who where it was like a human that existed so far in the future. It was like the last human woman, and she like had so much plastic surgery that all she was was like a flat face. Right, and they're like, my, how ironic, isn't it? Yeah, it was very, like... The last woman was... Yeah, yeah. and she, she, like... Go fuck yourself. Like, uh, talking about, like, a facelift or something, if right. I remember correctly. It's just yeah, like, what, what a piece of shit. You're like, well, and so that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying, is it's, like, as disgusting as I think it's become with people modifying themselves, like, maybe we'll start valuing other things that you don't just, like, know. Yeah. Like, because, again, we're, maybe we would be far enough down the line that you could be like, oh, let's put the smart gene in here. Let's get right. the smart folks in here. I, like, in an ideal world, I sort of would be okay with no dummies, but I'm like, no, come on. You got to have some dummies. <laughs> you got to have some dummies. Who are those books going to be for? Exactly. I'm painting with but, the broadest brush of all. But Well, you were talking about, like, what we're attracted to in each other. And I actually did a little research on that and how like genetics plays a role in who we choose as friends or lovers. Oh, okay. There's like a couple of studies where people appear to be more genetically like their friends than like strangers. Uh, and there's like a few different... But I thought strangers were just friends you haven't made yet. <laughs> I guess it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> Apparently, like, friends are as genetically similar as fourth cousins. What? It's as if they shared a great, great, great grandparent in common. Holy guac. Who says this? I mean, this is uh, according to a study in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Huh. This is from like this year. You know, I mean, like these aren't hard and fast rules. Like, right, of course. You know, there's like a couple of different theories on what leads to this because this study involved nearly 2,000 adults. And one of the ideas was what they're calling the coffee effect or the Starbucks effect. Oh, boy. Because if you genetically like really love the smell of coffee and you're drawn to a place where other people have been drawn to who, because they also love the smell of coffee then you're all there together because you love coffee and you wind up making friends. Oh, okay, you all I love see. coffee. If you're genetically inclined to be a total fucking meth head... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you're going to be friends with other people who are genetically inclined to be total fucking meth heads. Now I'm getting it. <laughs> uh, 
But they also found some interesting differences among friends. They tend to have very different genes for their immune systems. And that was like especially true among spouses. And one of the reasons they think that is true is because it gives us extra protection. If our spouses have an immune system that fights off a disease that we're susceptible to, they'll never get it and then we'll never get it. And so it gives us an extra layer of protection. What? I would totally... I mean, that would be like tinder of the future be yeah. like can i screen you yeah. for diseases and, and like, see if you're com- are your diseases compatible with mine exactly or- exactly fuck don't give them any ideas <laughs> you know i mean it, and they also say like it's obvious that humans tend to associate with other people who are very similar to themselves well yeah that i can totally get but yeah when you boil it down to like genetic shit well, the that's smell the thing of they're like they say this gives us evidence that it's operating not just at a very at a level of very obvious characteristics but also ones that are a lot more subtle or like things that they hadn't really anticipated interesting oh so, boy it's crazy to think that like you just happen to be genetically similar to most of the people that you choose as friends because it's like and then they talked about the idea of like you see your friends as family and in a way you're kind of choosing friends yeah. that are effectively like family i mean that totally makes sense like yeah. your your family you're forced to deal with <laughs> i'm yeah. just kidding right, um, exactly I, all of it completely makes sense. I guess I hadn't boiled it down to like on a, you know, microbiotic level. It does make me a little bit more cynical, you know, because all these <laughs> all the time that we spend being like, we're all one. We're right. all <laughs> right. just brothers and sisters of I don't, I don't know this voice that I've been doing. <laughs> like, elongated, we are like, all one. Heaven, like, yeah. We are all. <laughs> yeah. Anytime I'm trying to be like hoity-toity or like yeah. be like super meta and like this is the moral. Like, yeah. I, this is how I feel. This is that. melodrama because <laughs> right. there's a lot of things happening and feelings <laughs> being thrown around. and <laughs> That's my melodrama voice. Yeah. <laughs> like throw that little scoop. Okay. Oh, yes, it makes me feel a little bit more cynical to this idea that like we we're, you know, we're all just part of the big human race. That's that's the one race that we share. Yeah. If you're like, actually no, because you don't like the smell of coffee, you don't like the smell of coffee. That's why I'm friends with her and she Right. Uh, clearly I'm being an asshole, but like, right? Especially nowadays when we're trying to remind ourselves if we have anything fucking in common with anybody else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how yeah. do you how do you really believe in the in the sanctity of humanity when you're just like, oh, I guess even genetically we're not. Yeah. We're well, not. especially if you're like picking spouses that are kind of it's like you're fucking your cousin. Did you know? You've been married Did to you your know, cousin. You guys have a great connection and all, but like you're essentially fucking your fourth cousin. Yeah. I know that's not that big of a deal, like, but like it's, it it's is. like really no big deal at all, obviously. <laughs> but, oh boy, that's funny. But gross. But gross, dude. Do you want to just jump to favorite lines? Let's do favorite lines. There was no gene for fate. Yeah. Which I think then I said to you. No gene, but what we make. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. You're like, which way do I go with that? No gene, but what, be, what we make. No fate, but what we gene. No fate, <laughs> but what we gene. Don't yeah. fate, but gene, what we make. Yeah. Uh, Don't buy that go fuck yourself. pair of jeans. Um, yes. I mean, and that's uh, as cheeseball as it kind of came across in the movie. I think that that's, that's the biggest question anyway. Because, yeah. again, you can do whatever you want. But, like, if you're not willing to work hard and train. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you're never it's gonna also be an- the, the idea that, like you would genetically engineer somebody to be a certain thing, but then they have dreams to be something completely different. Mm -hmm. As we were talking about, like you can't program their fate 
into the genes. You can only program what they yeah. Could you give do. them the best tools or what you believe right. to be the best tools, and be like, well, hopefully that's that. Yeah. One of my favorite moments is when the guy who's always doing his piss tests is basically like, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, "Man, you got a great dick. Really wish my parents. I don't know why my parents didn't order me a better dick." And then, but he was like so cavalier and like blasé about it, and you're like, oh. Yeah, and then Ethan Hawke's like very like put off by it, and he's like, look, I've seen a million perfectly genetically engineered dicks. But you know what's especially funny about that is that Ethan Hawke was not given that. He was born with a big dick because he's like, a vitro. Right. In vitro <laughs> yeah, I, is the I test tube that. babies. Vitro is just yeah. normal right. sex baby. I mean, his eyesight sucks, but his but, dick is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And that's not something you can make in a lab, <laughs> I guess is basically yeah, I don't what, know that, what that was. I, that's how it felt to me, is him being like, gosh, I really wish I was given a better dick. Okay, this kind of reminds me, <laughs> in a very like tangential way, this reminds me of a boy that I dated at one point Ooh. who truly believed and verbalized often that the reason why people like have jobs is because they have small dicks and because what? he believed himself to have a large dick that's why he did not need a job he, or whoa whoa yeah, i know i imagine how i felt i was like you have got so i'm like so what's so my wait, excuse were, were you why like, do i have a were job you like get a well, you got I'm a like, tiny dick. I have a tiny dick. You know, get, bring me right. back to clitoracy. Yeah, exact Joya. But w- what? I, it was gross. How? So he was just like. He lived in that life. I got a real big dick, and so I don't have to work. Yeah, correct. Did yes. he? <laughs> There's a reason why he didn't have a job, uh-huh. I guess. <laughs> Okay, that's all I've got. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's it's a pretty good movie. I mean, like it's a little dated now, and I think drags a bit at times, but like it's a really got a lot to say that I think totally is relevant today. I think that movie is very, very silly. I probably don't ever need to watch it again. (laughs) But I'm really glad that I that we did watch it so that we could have this conversation. Okay, bye. Bye.